Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends, Shining Time Station, Railway Series, etc. I'm Tony. And I'm Orion. And we are back. Uh, we are starting a new chapter of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends in that this is the premiere of our commentaries of season three. We have finally made it to the third season, which is the first season that was released while I was alive. It was broadcast in 1991, and I was born in that year as well. So, um, so while season three is part of what I grew up with, I grew up more with season four than anything else. But season three, because it was airing and such, and uh, it was among some of the first VHSs that I got, I do have quite a bit of love for season three. And... It's sort of a mixed bag in that starting in season three, uh, the stories are all either adaptations and and in some cases, um, elongations or um, alterations of railway series stories. But a good portion of this season was not written by the Audrey's. I guess that part of their deal had uh, had stopped that because in seasons one and two, Every story had to be in writing, either by Wilbert or Christopher Audrey. I, that changed between seasons two and three. And from this point forward, uh, at least for this season, we see a lot less railway series-based stories. We, we still get a good number, um, but this really sets the precedent for having stories that are not based on the writings of either of the two Audreys. Um, so... But I think season three is a good season, and uh, let's just jump right into it. With uh, we're going in order, of course. Um, so the first episode of season three was a scarf for Percy. So uh, get that fired up, and you can press play now. Uh, scarf for Percy, of course, was based on the very short railway series story Percy in the Trousers which is the shortest railway series story there is yeah and I, I just right from the get go I love that little that little ditty at the opening um, and I mean we could touch a little bit on the aesthetic between seasons two and then three um, because it's it's vast um, season three yes. is so much brighter it's just a whole different look it really looks like a whole different show, really. And really, I mean, in, in some ways, it was almost a reboot. Um, it, it had been five years since the past uh, series, and uh, the whole kind of world of Thomas had changed quite a bit. It had been introduced to America. Its popularity had really grown in that time. This was clearly made with the intention that it would be exported to America, whereas the first two series weren't necessarily made with that in mind. Um, this was made in, I would say, with more consideration for merchandising. That wasn't necessarily considered as much for the first two seasons. Um, and uh, and of note, especially that this was made for with the American audience in mind, is that uh, the first batch of episodes aired in America first. Um, a year before they premiered in in the UK, so um, which was a complete reversal of seasons one and two. And, and that is a very good point. It, this was at the time when Brett Allcroft was focusing on bringing Thomas to America, and it really worked out very well. As you said, there are huge differences in the production values and 
quality and everything <clears throat> between this and season two. Uh, but as we said in the Halloween episode, because we touched on this a little bit in our Halloween episode, uh, um, Scared Airs, um, I really never noticed the change. I mean, I did on a subconscious level, I guess, but I always just kind of accepted, yes, this is the exact same show. Uh, but it's funny that you mentioned that uh, it, it was kind of a it was kind of like the first reboot of sorts for the series. Absolutely. And it's so much brighter, um, different music, of course. I mean, some elements are, are similar, but um, but uh, but really quite different. And of course, um, just a comment, particularly on. In here, of course, uh, we were uh, in our seasons one and two commentaries, we were for the most part, discussing the Ringo Starr U.S. narrations um, mm-hmm. with, with uh, touches of, of George Carlin. But uh, this is, of course, the first season that featured George Carlin as the full-time narrator mm. of all new episodes. He had redubbed episodes for season two uh, and one around the same time. But uh, it's interesting with George Carlin, and we'll touch on this with our season four commentaries as well, but I... I I really prefer his narrations for the odd numbered or I'm sorry, the even numbered seasons rather um, every other season that he narrated. So I, I'm not crazy about his season one narrations. I love his season two narrations. I'm not super crazy about his season three narrations, but I adore his season four um, narration. It's just his season four narration is absolutely exquisite. Um, The, nothing necessarily wrong with his season three, but there's something in his voice quality that's a bit harsher in season mm-hmm. three than it is in, he has more warmth in his tone in season four. And then in season two, his, his U S narrations are quite soft and quiet. There's something almost just kind of odd about his narration for season two, but in a way that I like, whereas his season yeah. one narration is much more similar to his season three, just an interesting little observation. That is that is an interesting observation, and and I would agree for the most part with that. Um, to touch on this episode for a moment, uh, I I liked this episode a lot more when I was younger, and I I don't know I have mixed feelings about this episode. I mean, it is the premiere of season three and stuff, but it's it's not the best episode, and maybe that's just because you know it's it's not the best railway series story either, and so I, I don't know if it's just the adaptation or if it's the story in general, but this. It's. I don't hate this episode necessarily, but it's not one of my favorites. I agree. It's. It's not one of my favorite episodes. Um, it. I would say it's probably among the weaker episodes of season three. But I, like you, really enjoyed this episode when I was a when I was a kid. I, it was one that I I seemed to really like for some reason. Um, but uh, but as I grow older, it's not one I really ever think about watching ever. Um, I like that Henry has a has a has a role in it, um, particularly with uh, with Thomas and Percy, because that's not a relationship that's explored very often. But uh, the next episode I, is a, a far better episode for sure. It is. Um, I, I think to, just to to stay on this one for two seconds longer. I, I think part of the reason I loved it so much was because of see the novelty of um, the jam uh, dripping down both Percy and the fat controller or Sir Topham have whatever you want to call them. I, I seemed to really enjoy that a lot when I was a kid, any time that a engine or any character really got into some sort of mess. I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, 
but uh, like I said, on the whole, just an okay episode. Uh, but as you said, Orion, this the next one was quite a bit better. And the next episode is Percy's Promise. So uh, once you get that set up, you can press play now. And this this opening sequence here, we saw the difference in the color in the first episode there, but because it was winter, um, it was bright. You covered in snow, but uh, a bit different. This is so nice because we have this opening little montage here, and we get to see so much of the new sites on the island that we did not get to see in season uh, in season one or two, even though we do use some stock footage from season one. Um, but it integrates quite quite seamlessly, actually. Um, but I love the the seaside sets from season three. I think that's one of the best elements of season three, and and that really introduced it more into the series that then became actually quite pervasive in subsequent series to the point I think of too much in season five and six and then onward um, so much of the action takes place at random docks and on the seaside that never took place there um, in, in earlier seasons particularly because the railway series didn't have much of an emphasis on the seaside or the docks really. Yeah, the, the TV series does tend to give more emphasis to the docks, especially later on in in the series. Uh, I, I quite like the the changes that they've made to the way Modelots... And, and again, you know, this was some of my earliest memories of Thomas are connected to uh, this and season four, because uh, I, think, I think Trust Thomas was relatively new when I was young and so that was one of the first vhs's that i that i ever got um and the only vhs that featured all season three episodes yes exactly um so it's kind of cool actually that in the first two episodes we see uh three different types of uh scenery we in the first episode it's almost all snow and then in at the beginning of this episode, it's bright and sunny, and now it's rainy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i not sure which season got the best rain aesthetic, but it's, uh, I, I think the season three rain aesthetic is pretty decent, I would say. I, I agree on this. And, uh, it, I mean, just this, this whole scene with Percy going right into the water, I think is... Um, it's great. Um, it's, oh, yeah. it's a great story as well. Um, but uh, it's just, a, I like, I really like, I really like this episode. It's one, it's one I liked when I was a kid. And I, I still like it basically as much today. I think it's great. Um, now something to touch on too, in the U S version. And so obviously the version that you and I would have grown up with, um, there's something weird in the music in that it cuts out in the middle of the episode that there's a whole section of narration with just the sound effects and no music. Whereas in the UK version, there is music. Um, that seems to happen actually in a few episodes for throughout season three and four um, difference in the it, music be- in between the, the U S and the UK, but uh, right in the middle there, it always, it always made me feel kind of uneasy. And I guess it works because the, that there's a storm coming. It gives you that kind of sense of foreboding, but it's a little creepy. No, I, I, I understand. I know what you're saying. And, and I agree, definitely. Now, it's interesting in that um, the UK also had a number of episodes that uh, had that, that were released 
quote unquote early, I guess you could say. And they similarly had bits where the music would cut out and there would just be sound effects and dialogue and such as that. Uh, but then later they were edited and more sound effects and dialogue were put, and music rather were put back in. And so that's, that's kind of interesting in that it, perhaps the U.S. versions are closer to the original U.K. versions or the early U.K. versions rather. Uh, so I, I haven't watched enough of the U.K. dubs of season three to know, but uh, that's, that would be my thinking at least. And I like Harold. He's one of my favorite non-rail characters. So it's nice to, it's always nice to have an episode with him. It is. And the, the Percy Harold dynamic is nice to explore. Oh yeah, definitely. But I, so, I mean, I would say of course, at the end of season three, we will be doing, um, you know, our, our top five, bottom five, best and worst of season three. But I would, I would say um, it, that is probably one of my favorite episodes of the season. It is a very good episode. I quite enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it's it's very good. So, and then we go from that to uh, one that I think is decent. Uh, I like parts of it better than others, but uh, let, let's just get into it. And this episode is Time for Trouble. So you can press play now. Uh, Time for Trouble, of course, is uh, the first time that both for the U.S. and U.K. that a railway series story was, uh, the name of a railway series story rather, completely changed in that it's originally based on an episode called Doubleheader, or a story rather called Doubleheader. Yeah, this is an episode that I I feel like I never watched when I was a kid. Um, uh, I I can't remember what VHS it was on. but it it was just one that I never seemed to really watch very much when I was a kid. I never really had a whole lot of, I, I didn't have very many memories of this particular episode. And I, I have to say, in terms of my general exposure to season three as a child, I did have all of the the VHSs that would have had season three episodes on them. Um, but the one that I watched the most would have been Thomas Gets Bumped, the VHS, right. because that was actually my first my first Thomas VHS that I ever had as a child. Um, but uh, Time for Trouble, I, I, I don't remember which one that was on. That may have been on uh, Thomas Percy and the Dragon or um, Trust Thomas. I can't remember. It, I I want to say it was Trust Thomas, but I'll probably be proven wrong about that. Uh, I, the, I don't really recall offhand, but uh, this, I don't know. I, I sort of have mixed feelings about this episode. I I like the second half of the episode better than the first half. I think it's just, I don't know. This this episode has never really been one of my favorites either. They have a problem in this season where Sir Topham Hat often is is barely wearing his hat. <laughs> There's a few scenes in a few episodes where his hat just seems to be falling off. Here's another sequence in the middle of the episode where there's just sound effects. No music, right? Um, just a little, little odd. But I do love Toby. I, I love episodes with Toby. Um, and and I remember always feeling there was something so satisfying about seeing his tank here in a few moments, where when they fill up his water, um, 
that you know, we don't get to see the water tanks very often um the engine's water tanks rather um but right. we do see it in uh bulldog later in the next season too but I will say that was a very that is always been a very satisfying uh, cutaway to his water tank. I I really enjoyed that shot. It's one of my favorite shots of season three, to be honest. Even though this episode isn't one of my favorites, that's one of my favorite shots of season three, just because it's so unique. It's something that we really don't see very much of. I mean, as you said, we will see it again in uh, or a similar shot rather in season four. Uh, but I think that that's really the only true water tank shot that we get uh, before this. And really, after, there's nothing like that. But with with what you were saying about the moments where there's no music and there's just dialogue and sound effects, it kind of gives me sort of a season one feeling. Even though season one had quite a bit of instrumental music, uh, something about it just has the same somewhat offsetting uh, feeling that the emptiness of season one had. I 100% agree. I, I think it really, and I suppose because it almost echoes, um, it almost echoes the like dirty objects vibe because it's Toby and Percy and James again, even though the beginning is something unrelated. And the, this is something that kind of started in season three in terms of their adaptations of the railway series stories to kind of stretch them out and include more characters, particularly Thomas um, in that. Um, and then really ended up happening. They kind of skipped season four and then went into season five and onwards is that the episode would open with, it was a beautiful day on the island of Sodor and all the engines are X, Y, Z and they're doing this and there's a special whatever. And then all of a sudden we actually get into the story, which is more like a, more like other children's television. But Thomas prior to this didn't really do that because it was more adapted from the railway series where the stories would start often just with dialogue. They would just get right into it, uh, which was the Reverend W. Audrey style. So it, this is kind of the pattern that would be set for the episode season five and onwards. And it is interesting that, you know, because season four was all based on the railway series with the exception of one episode, um, the, their, their style of writing, particularly, you know, David and David and Brit's style of writing for the TV series kind of, um, as I said, was initiated in this season and then was put on the back burner for a whole season and then wasn't, wasn't uh, refreshed again until they were working on season five in 1998. So it's, it's interesting that they kind of had to put that away for about seven years. Uh, uh, mm. Probably, you know, really almost, almost, you know, eight years before they would be able to, to do that again. Uh, but it is interesting because this, this season certainly has much more in common with season five in terms of the, the storytelling than it does with season four in many ways. And interestingly, it also has a lot in common, and we'll get into this throughout this season and when we eventually, far into the future, get into season five. It also has kind of similar fan reaction. I, th I think that the uh, of the fans that are like you and I, Orion, who are you know of the age where we would have grown up with seasons three, four, and five, um, I think that a lot of people have similar feelings about seasons three and five, just like 
you know, a lot of people feel some uh, feel uh, the people who grew up watching seasons one and two uh, have similar feelings about those two seasons. Three and five kind of have similar feels to them and similar fan reactions to them as well, whether they be good or bad. Um, so, yeah, I just I find that interesting. It is, yeah. This is uh, so. Those were our f- first three episodes of season three: a scarf for Percy, yeah. Percy's promise, and time for trouble. And uh, you know, one uh, you know, one episode that's okay, um, and then one decent episode, and then one very good episode. I would say. Um, and I, if I ranked them, I would say uh, they would go um, in order of best, best to worst: Percy's promise, a scarf for Percy, and time for trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I, again, it's it's not that I don't like Time for Trouble necessarily. It's just, I don't know. There's, there's just something about it that, aside from that water tank shot, and obviously, like you, I do like Toby, and I do like, you know, there's uh, th- there's a lot to like about him. There's just something about that episode in general that doesn't really do anything for me. So... Uh, but either way, uh, they, I think these three were a decent introduction to season three. And uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see where the rest of this season goes. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad that we're on this season now. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can, of course, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Talking Thomas Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Thomas One. And, of course, you can find us on a whole bunch of podcasting platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, and a bunch of other places. And, of course, our home is Anchor. Uh, So, once again, thank you all so much for listening, and we look forward to seeing you as we bring you more of our commentaries of Season 3. Thanks for listening, everybody.